Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Feel the rhythm. Feel the ride. Get on up. It's bumpling time. Treacle? People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. This is Dawn. Welcome to the latest episode of From Dollar Square to Wear, the Arsenal Twitter podcast, which incidentally contains adult content which is definitely not suitable for young children. Please like and subscribe and leave a five-star review. It really helps. Also, please be sure to visit the YouTube channel and subscribe to that. We have a brand new show, You Can Be The Star, the most interactive Arsenal show, where the twist is the viewer who entertains us the most on the night can join us live on the panel to air their opinions. We have great guests weekly. We've had Kevin Campbell, who was absolutely brilliant. That's still available to watch. And we also have more excellent guests lined up, which is very, very exciting. Thanks for listening. Hello everyone, welcome to From Dial Square to Wear with Arse Brothers. How are you all? Good, thanks buddy. Nice to be here. Nice to have you here. Uh, And Scunny Mike, how are you doing? I'm alright mate, how are you? Yeah, not too bad at all. Not too bad. I've spoke to these lot many a times, but uh, I hadn't even seen them before, so it's nice (laughs) to see Keanu Reeves and... uh... Oh, oh yeah, trying, yeah trying, trying to think of a name for Max there, but now nah. <laughs> I know. And man, like Ryan there down there as well. Nice to see you. I'm gonna mate. say Edward Norton with AIDS. That's what I would say. <laughs> Edward Norton with AIDS. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you look like, you look like fucking. You look like John Belushi, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit and less dead. Is, Animal House, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Manny, too cool for school. You, you, you don't want to be seen, obviously. So we just got your audio. How are you doing, mate? I'm all good, man. I'm I'm playing Call of Duty right now, bro. I got I got it on mute though. I got it on mute, but I'm good. Well, I'm good, man. That's um. I mean, I'm really honoured that you got it on mute. <laughs> don't, don't you, you know, Andrew, this <laughs> just leads. This just leads. You're further, so polite. This just leads further into the 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 idea that. Manny doesn't actually exist, and he's just a figment of my imagination. And you've you've broken this now. You've broken it because I'm on camera, and people don't believe it's just me putting on a 14 stone black man's accent anymore. Well, you're very good ventriloquist. You pre-recorded Manny's lines. We all know. Come on, we haven't seen we see Manny's face. No, you don't, man. Well, <laughs> thank you for. Thank you to everyone watching. Thank you to everyone that's going to be listening to the audio at a late date. 
Um, we normally do Twitter questions. Twitter sort of, um, you know, go through a lot of the, the stuff that we find on Twitter for the week on this show. But with everything that's gone on the last few days, I thought we'd just have a chat about that tonight, really. So if anyone watching, if you want to put any questions in the box, uh, we'll go through those a bit later. I know that I've got a couple of questions that have been left on Twitter, so we'll go through those. But first and foremost, if we go through what everyone's thoughts were initially on Friday before the game before sort of it was announced that uh, Freddie Jungberg is going to be taking over. Let's just do the initial reaction when Emery was sacked. What about you first, Scunny? Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that it? No. I was well more excited than that. I, I can't really scream because I've got a child in bed. So, well, that's oh, as much okay. as you're going to get out of me at the minute. Uh, oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I was dead excited. I was thinking about time. It was amazing, wasn't it? What about yeah. you, Matt? Uh, mate, it was kind of like coming to the end of a of a of a relationship where the sex was still, you know, you could remember what it was like when it was good, but you Here just hadn't go. had it for so long. <laughs> and um, you know, when 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 Emery left, I thought in my head, I thought that's it, you know, new pussy. That's 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 all I'm about right now. <laughs> <laughs> just something. Neither. Just something different, please. Give me just something different, Freddie. That's all I wanted. I know. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was well excited. What about you, Toby? Relief. Relief. We've been waiting <laughs> so long for that. So yeah. it was um, it was a bit of a pleasure. And then a little bit of fear as well, because we're like, fuck. Now we got what we <laughs> wanted, even though it was a bit late. Now we're actually going to have to look at what this team is actually like mm, and how yeah. bad it may be. Yeah, that's very, <laughs> very true. In fact, it was like, yeah, when you say relief, it was almost like getting over a water infection or something like that, wasn't it, really? And just uh, being able to piss normally again. Yeah. It was like that. It had been pretty (laughs) restricted for a while, hadn't it? Yeah, exactly. The flow. Exactly. It's very very painful. Like burning. Burning. Manny, what about you? What was your initial reaction? I got butt naked and did a celebratory booty dance, bro. Were you marinating? Yeah, man. Well, you should have had yeah, that on man. camera, buddy. Were you twerking? What makes you think I don't have it on camera? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you seem to be quite shy, you know, looking at uh, tonight. Well, no, there's there's a special missus that got like a, a a special message in the post, I guess. None of you fuckers are allowed to see it, but trust me, it did happen. I was happy as hell, man. I was happy as hell. The greasy Dracula was out the fucking door, man. Trust me, I'm happy about that. What did you do? Shit through a letterbox? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a better one. Don't shit through people's letterboxes. Shit in, if you want to fuck with someone. You know the, the where the windscreen wipers go into the bay and hide on most cars now? How they don't sit out? There's a little mm. bay. You shit inside that and then you wait, leave wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. And then the next time it rains... Because I've done it, man. And then the next time it rains, <laughs> they sit there and they hit their windscreen wipers and bang. Shit. <laughs> oh You've really thought a lot into this. <laughs> Is it raining on Australia? I, got, I mean, no, no, it could be days. And you're, yeah, it's you're, like, you're like, I can smell shit. And then it finally rains. You're like, oh, fine. You hit them and shit. Ah. 
You know what's even better? If you've got if you've got runny shit, if you've got proper diarrhea, you do it into the water well that actually shoots the jets onto the screen. And that'd be even better. Just just that would be better. Yep. You lot are degenerates, man. I swear to God. You are <laughs> fucking degenerates, man. Now, you know what? I get the, the fact that I can see Toby's face, now, now I understand, right? Now I understand every single time Max says some stupid shit. That's the face you pull. I feel your pain, bro. I feel your pain, man. <laughs> you can right. see my pain on camera. Oh, man. Right. You can see the moment my heart breaks or splits. <laughs> Ryan, let's go to you. What uh, what were your thoughts, mate? It it's funny. I I would say the same as Scunny. Yay! I mean, it's been a long time coming. Um, you know, weeks, 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 and weeks and months. So I'm excited, but it's like the the excitement's kind of been kind of pulled out of me because it's been so long and I've been wanting him gone for so long. And now that it's here, it's like uh, okay, like like now, like we gotta get our hands dirty and get to work. So I'm excited. Yeah, I guess it was more like, like you said uh, just now, just more relief probably when you think about it. It's actually been done, and I, I really had it in my head at one point that um, they were going to drag it out to the end of the season, and mm. that was making me feel sick, proper sick. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I literally had to hold it back. I thought I was going to throw up at any second with at the thought of it, and watching all this turgid shite football for one moment longer. But um, then. Obviously, it was uh, apparent that we had Freddie Jungberg and um, the BFG as his assistant. And I, I don't know what I was expecting, really. I mean, I, what, I think I was more hopeful of, like, you know, getting that bounce. But probably realistically thinking that we might get, you know, a bit of an improvement. But then, obviously, the match came round. Well, let's go back around the other way this time. Ryan, um, you know, we can go. Just talk about the match. What your thoughts were of you know after after the match against Norwich away? Well, people say it was a tale of two halves. The way I saw it was just the first five minutes we were phenomenal. I, I wouldn't say phenomenal. Uh, I caught myself saying we got our arsenal, bad, but it died off quickly. And the last like 20, 25 minutes were just uh oh. We, you know, once we conceded, it was just kind of all hell broke loose. And I kind of feel like that, in a way, mirrored in the second half. And on top of that, I just think we kind of saw, like, real flaws in a lot of our players. Cough, cough, defense, and midfield. Um, but I'm, I don't know. I'm not as disappointed as um, a lot of people are. I, you know, I think uh, people were like, I, you know, I saw on uh, various social medias, uh, three nothings, five nothings, and <clears throat> I didn't understand it. Uh, I'm not saying I expect us to lose. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's a work in progress. It's going to be slow. It's going to take a while. And I think I don't know if it was just this fan base in particular, but it's it's going to take a while. And people need to have patience, which we don't have. The, this fan base has zero patience, and uh, yeah. yeah, pretty pretty awful. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all right. I mean, the fact that Freddie Out was trending on Twitter, I um, people don't realise that there are, are actually other fans of other clubs that actually use Twitter as well, and they could be sort of slightly skewed. But apparently, that was a lot down to um, some American football coach as well that people want out. 
Anyway, I don't know. I don't now, there's people on multiple Arsenal fan forums that were saying Freddie out. And from what I could tell, they were very serious. But it, It's just ridiculous. I think they're just doing it to take the piss, really. Manny, um, yeah. what, what about you? What did you think overall of the performance against Norwich? Uh, I thought the first half an hour, I could see, you know, some form of improvement. You know, moving the ball quicker, pressing, uh, actually putting pressure on on Norwich, which we haven't done in, in many matches. We don't put teams under pressure for for long periods. But the first half an hour created chances. Lacazette should have scored. Mustafi had a chance. Chambers had a chance. So I was encouraged until I realised how bad we are in transition, and that you know any team with any semblance of pace can beat us on the counter, be it Norwich, be it Watford, be it, you know, a League Two side. If you've got pace, you can get in behind us. So um, I was disappointed to see um, the same similar flaws and, and, and the same shit players backed. Um, the lineup didn't make too much sense, even though I understood some parts of it. Um, whoever's saying Freddie out, go fuck yourselves. Um, yeah, that, that that's how I feel about it, man. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much the same. What about you, Tobes? Look, there were there were points where we looked better, more cohesive. You could see that Freddie put some more passing players, people a little bit more natural on the ball and tried to load the team up that way. But we are so spineless at the moment in terms of our confidence and self-belief. And then also, for me, the biggest problem is the physical attributes of the players as well, the lack of sprint speed, and particularly in midfield, that it's it's sliced through like a fucking souffle. It's like, welcome, welcome to our defensive line, and why don't you have a crack? So my biggest bugbear is the, is the spacing in the centre and the fact that the defenders don't step up as a unit and, and close down that space all of the backing off. So, look, I thought some of the lineup was good. I, I still think we lack an overall 11 that works cohesively, i.e., you know, proper wingers playing on the wing and people playing in their natural positions. Um, so, yeah, look, overall, some positives, some extra fluidity, but the same core issues with the same group of players. So, let's give Freddie a little bit of time to actually manage those those players and and change those starting positions in particular um and see if we can improve that way so bit of a bit of a 50 50 positive aspects of each half and but then the same old arsenal unfortunately and that's nail on the head toby that's nail on the head the 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 concept of us not being able to find any fluidity or us not being able to find a team that actually makes sense that's not going away that's a systemic issue. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's a systemic issue from the board. That's a systemic issue from the way that we've gone about our purchasing. You know, I said on on our podcast on the Ask Brothers last night, I don't see a way you can put together a cohesive midfield out of the pieces that we've got. Every midfield three that I put together, there's an issue. Every midfield two that I put together, there's an issue. We all wanted Jacker out the team. I mean, all of us wanted Jacker out the team. All of us were saying he's a fucking liability. And Jacker came out of the team. Yeah, but Jacker came out of the team and we weren't any better for it. Now you can sit there and say coaching and 
Embry playing Torreira in the wrong spot, this, that. You put a, a, a midfield three of Torreira, Genduzi, and Ceballos, you've got problems. You give me a midfield three of Xhaka, Willick, and Genduzi, you've got problems. And that goes back to the whole recruitment element of, of the Arsenal. And we saw that. We saw that because we came out in the first 20 minutes. And I've done a rewatch of the last 20 minutes. We were good. We were good. These people online saying there was no no reaction, you know, there was no change, there was no new manager bounce. Well, there was. The problem is, is that we've lost so much emotional durability throughout this period of time. Our understanding of what we are and who we are as a club, our ability to go to a football game and walk into an, especially an away opponent's dressing room and believe that we're going to beat them and beat them mentally before we've even walked out on the pitch, that is gone. And our durability, our ability to actually be able to... Our, our ability to be able to go behind and our ability to be able to be put on the back foot and bounce back, it's it's not great. Yes, we, we did get goals back straight away, but straight away we're rocked and you can see it. And it came out in Leno's... I thought Leno's post-match review was the one post-match interview was the one that was the most telling where he said Freddie was upset with us because we had deviated from the game plan not in exact words but essentially he said that we had deviated from the game plan the playing group had deviated from the game plan I walked out of that game I turned it off 2-2 and I went cool 24 hours 72 hours one training session saw a little bit but but my question is Considering the board has already immediately released a handful of names, immediately released a group of names, and made it clear that Freddie may only be in charge for two, three, four, five games or until they can get the next manager in, how's he even meant to have a, a, an emotional connection with the players? How's he meant to get a new, like a, a bigger new manager bounce than just not being Emery? For me, it's a, it's a snake pit and I hope the Arsenal fans are ready to ride this out to the end of the season because there's no magic wand, guys. It's going to be longer than the end of the season. Mm. Mm, I know. Well, Scully, what's your thoughts? Uh, I, I can't really disagree much with what everyone else has said. Uh, what the? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I had to get that on camera, didn't you? He has I a heart, ladies and gentlemen. He has a heart. Just a little she's bit. Used to be, she's used to be doing podcasts, not live yeah. things. I'll tell her she's on on live webcam later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I say, as I was saying, um, I can't disagree much with all the rest of the lads. Uh, for the first twenty minutes, we were really good, and then he just went back to similar to what Toby said, the same old Arsenal. Um, the the frailties started to come up. You know, the gaps between the midfield and defence. Uh, okay, it was okay going forward. Uh, I won't say it was much better than just being okay. And to answer sort of Max's question that he just said a minute ago about uh, the releasing the uh, name, uh, you know, releasing the list of names and stuff for the, from the board, uh, it, I think it's undermining. I think I mentioned it on a, a different podcast that I did. It is, it's, it's undermining someone. I think is you're not giving him the chance to even put his foot down or do anything to with the squad before you, you you've is even started so but i think that's that's the worst position we've got to be we're in now you know we're a month away from the january transfer window are we going to get someone in before that so we're hanging on if we're going to get anyone new in before the tra- uh, transfer window so it's it's a, it's a hard position for freddie to be in well i i don't know whether it's undermining him or anything because he's clearly on the list 
of potential managers, and he's he's in pole position if anything because he's, yeah. he's actually in the job and he's doing a, a dress rehearsal, isn't he? So yeah, you got you got to ask yourself the question as well. Sorry, mate, um, you got to ask yourself a question. Is he only on the list because he's actually there now? Would he yeah. even be on the list if he wasn't there? Mm. I think so because they think of him really highly. They don't want to lose the guy, and he's he does already... have first team experience. I mean, U twenty three is still first team experience, so. Yeah. But, who's, but you've also got to ask the question as well, who's to say that the next manager that comes in is going to want to bring his own team in? And will Freddie be still in their job? Well, I, I think that they really want mm. to keep hold of him. And mm. the, that's the problem with um, Allegri. You know, it's been widely um, said that he wanted to bring a team of nine um, oh. staff with him. Nine. No. No. It, normally, it's about I reckon three or four. Would, I reckon it would be... In... Not to mention, he requires like four hundred million worth of investment. Like a like a manager of that ilk is yeah. going to come in and is going to say, "Tear it up." And we we were talking about it last. There may be less than fifty percent of that squad <clears throat> still there, still there in a yeah. season and a season and a half. Like you start breaking it down, like like Leno, Tinney. Uh, you know, as backup, probably holding chambers. You can see the entirety of the midfield turning over, except for Genduzi, maybe Willock. And all these guys are guys who, who should be being fed into the 11 through cups. In fact, uh, substitute performances. We were talking about Genduzi when, when you were on our show the other week, Andrew. The boy never should have been anywhere near the team. Ooh. The boys should still be getting fed in now. No. Somehow we gave him the team. You can oh, see Aubameyang not being there. You can see Lacazette not being there. You can see both those guys not signing contracts. And as we know at Arsenal, we're not going to let people run down anymore and go on Bosman's. So both get so basically a a, a, a top level coach is is maybe going to have to come in and turn the entire team over anyway. So I really fear for this idea of us bringing in someone younger or bringing in someone like Freddie, someone who doesn't have the backroom staff. And I'm looking at it now and I'm like, cool, club's fucked. Rafa Benitez, uh, you know, even a, not really hot, but a Carlo Ancelotti. At least these guys speak English, have some charisma, understand the premiership. I'm away from, I'm, I'm off Allegri for reasons that we spoke about, but... I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd be comfortable if we we ended up with, you know, an Arteta or a Freddie Lundberg, even if the the personalities and the Arsenal DNA is there. I, I think we might be fucked, and we might actually need to uh, to go and bring someone in who knows how to walk. And you got to manage upwards as well, because these these young guys mm. and this board <laughs> doesn't know its ass from its fucking elbow. So it needs to be able to manipulate and manage upwards as well as managing down. Onto the pitch, so it's a big job and it requires a big personality. Um, and maybe with that, that the prerequisite will be quite a bit of experience rather than a hail mary management signing. I, I, I can't get my head mm. past Brendan Rodgers for everything you've just said. He's got the ego. He's got that kind of um, experience of bringing on existing groups of players without sort of um, having to spend masses of money as well. I mean, what he's done with the Leicester squad is very impressive because we've had a question on, on Twitter, which I'll, I might as well uh, ask now because it's very relevant. Um, it says, uh, where are we? 
It's from Melvin Marks, who is a really good guy. He says, as a club, how far are we behind Leicester? And I, I've said this before. If Going back to before Rodgers was appointed, which is only February. So if you think, uh, you know, a year ago, that, that squad was looking like a pile of dog shit. They were playing poor football under uh, Puel. I think that's how you pronounce it. Claude Puel. They looked Claude awful. Puel. Yeah. So no one could say at that point that that was an, an incredible team. But Rodgers has transformed that same group of players. And he's just got them extremely well organised. And I know we're going to have to pay about, well, anything between 12 and 14 million to get him. But Which we won't get. That's the problem. That's, that's, the problem. that's the problem. It's not about release clauses. It's not about yeah. none of that, right? The fact is, Arsenal are a bunch of cheapskates, right? <laughs> they are going to run a mile. They are the going to run a mile. Go, no, no, no. Arsenal are a bunch of cheapskates. They are going <laughs> to run a mile when they see Brendan Rodgers' release clause, right? Arsenal are the type of club that will buy Tesco value stuff simply because they don't want to buy a fairy liquid, right? That this is the problem. We, we can talk about all of these managers that make sense, right? We can talk about the Allegri's. You can talk about the Rodgers and you can talk about all of these guys, but we don't appoint managers that make sense, okay? We don't. Bruce Rioch, Wenger, Emery, all left field appointments. So all of these managers that make sense, stop thinking about them. It's going to be somebody random, it's going to be somebody cheap. It's going to be somebody that they can, that they can manipulate. It's going to be somebody that Raul can have in his pocket. All right? That, that's that's genuinely what I believe. So forget the Rogers. Forget spending 14 million on managers. It's not going to happen. This is, It's not what we do. Right? It's not what we do. So get ready for a left field appointment, boys. Trust me, I am. I wonder if it will be... It will come down to maybe us finishing outside of the top six. I mean, to oh. put, I mean to put I mean to put a rocket up mm. them and say this isn't working. I I almost wonder whether or not a full blown diabolical, you know, like that that horrid Chelsea season or a horrid Man U season, you know, Max. that they both had where they went out of existence essentially as far as Europe goes. Max, this is what I suggested the other what yesterday or the other day, and you said we might not recover from this. Yep. But yeah, truth be not. told, truth be told, it, this is what we need. Because the Cronkies and everybody that's involved with Arsenal are sitting comfortably because we're still in Europe. So we're still getting money through the door. The only way, the truthful way that you're going to see whether the Cronkies are all about, you know, what they say is if we finish outside the top eight and we're not in Europe at all. Me personally, I would love that because we need we need to rebuild and we need some genuine time to rebuild this squad doesn't make sense this club doesn't make sense so the rocket fuel that they need is no europe i agree no europe yeah. Whatsoever. Yeah. yeah yeah like in, Amer- in america uh it's very it's in like all, all the main sports in america teams have this re- rebuilding phase and they will suck dick they will be last cut like year after year getting top draft picks doing all these things and it, it's it could be agonizing for fans, but they know like, okay, our team is rebuilding. You know, they go through maybe a couple coaches, you know, they're getting in this, these fresh young talent. I know it's very different in America, but you know, it's something that I'm like used to. I'm like a comedy too. Like, I'm used to teams like rebuilding for a few years. Um, so I, I don't know how you guys feel. Cause it's a little different. It's a little different over there, but uh, 
we need that. We need we need to suck. We need to we need to be the uh, yeah. We need to be prepared to just be really bad for a few years. And I don't think our fan base is ready for it. You know, um, I'm really against Arsenal fan TV, but you know something that's a big talking point and people kind of like call them out and. I think some unrightfully so, because like, you know, Manny's hot topic about, uh, I think you guys like talked about, you know, um, how we're, I think maybe Max even brought it up, how, you know, we're, we're all Arsenal fan TV, but we don't want to admit it. Um, I agree, a hundred percent agree. And I think that it's just, it's tough times and people need to just have patience, which I know we don't have. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like this. Because mm. we're, we're, right we're such a patient fan base. Yeah. There's no patience. <laughs> There's no patience, man. I'll tell you this. Freddie out was trending. One person tweeted that he wanted Freddie gone before kickoff. His reason being is because he didn't start Martinelli. Now, tell me how any logical football fan will come to that conclusion that an inexperienced 18-year-old should be starting away from home in the Premier League. Mm. I understand the sentiment, but this is the type of people that we have in this fan base. Knee-jerk reactions, and everybody's crazy within this fan base. So patience is not what we do. God, You'll talk you just, you just, You'd be nice. We have idiot fans that don't know what they're talking about. They like us because we have a cannon as a logo. Maybe they like the color red. I have my friend who's a big hockey fan, and when he was a kid, he became a New Jersey Devils fan because they were red, and it was a devil, and he liked it, and it was cool. He's also an Arsenal fan. Shout out to you, John. But nonetheless, it's we have fans that are like that. We have fans that, you know, it's – I, they baffle me. I, I think we well, have to be. I think we have to be careful not understanding the context of what sorts of fans that we're seeing on Twitter. I, I think that we have to understand that Arsenal is a global network. Not everyone is dialed into the club. Not everyone is as diehard as say what six fuckwits on a podcast at dick o'clock in the morning in Australia and all across the world are, are doing, getting together, having a chat about the football club. And I think. It's important that sometimes we don't take the lowest common denominator, which is this crap, you know, this Freddie out tweet, stuff like that. We don't take the lowest common denominator as an indicator of the the greater part of the fan base. I'd like to sit here and think that as Arsenal fans, anyone with a brain in their head at the end of that first game, at the end of Freddie's game went, yep, okay, cool, moving on, (laughs) moving on. Let's, Let's see what happens next. Well, it shouldn't really do anything else but think about really. To be fair, I'm concerned about the you know the international fan base as we've been talking about. That's just going to disappear year after year as well. This is the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to want to support Arsenal at the moment? I mean, yeah, with the I, I don't are. really care because mo- to me, most of the international fans are a big part of the problem. I don't think they're well ver. And I, do I blame them? Not necessarily. They don't really. It's hard to be dialed in when you're in different countries, but. Most of them are the are the, the idiots, you know. <laughs> like, let's be real here. Oh, yeah, but it, it does matter. It does matter, though, doesn't it? It brings in a lot of money. Stand, yeah, yeah. From a money standpoint, so, you're right. You know, that's going to put us further and further behind. But you know, there you go. This is what uh, the problem is at the moment. Because I think that a lot of the kids that are growing up now who are choosing, it's just at that age to choose a football club. Who are they going to support? Mm. You know, they're not going to support uh, us. Uh, I said so, this. I, I said this the other week. I said the most dangerous thing for Arsenal is that all of us age between, you know, 30 and 60 
who are Arsenal fans, we, we all have memories of incredible players and incredible times and FA Cup wins and Henri's and Invincibles and Burkamps and all this stuff. What are the, the people who have been watching Arsenal? Like like your kids, Andrew, what are they going to grow up with their understanding of Arsenal being? Scunny, what are your kids going to grow up with their understanding of Arsenal being? But Arsenal are a fucking mediocre team with mediocre managers, mediocre players who win nothing. They're already thinking that. Mate, I've got got a 10-year-old who keeps going on about Liverpool. That's how bad it is at my house. Like, just beat him. Just start beating him. (laughs) Vigorously. I'd love to. I really would love to, but you just, you look at it and you look at the hindsight and you just think, do you know what? I can't. I can't beat him. It's much easier. Yeah. I can't beat him. Mate, I was beaten and I turned out fine. (laughs) You were shitting on cars earlier. Was, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about you. He though, shits anywhere. He, already. He, he shits anywhere. That's one. But to you, parents and uncles and aunts and anybody who follows Arsenal Football Club, if you do your job properly, just like me and my brothers did with my nephew, they have got no choice. We took my nephew to the Emirates Cup as as early as he can remember it because we wanted to make sure that you're not supporting anybody else because no other team is allowed through these doors no other team it's Arsenal well I'm going to beat you up it's yep. that simple <laughs> he's got no choice mate. no choice <laughs> take your kid round to Uncle Manny's house Scunny and let Manny sort him out oh mate I, I fear for his life <laughs> I'm nice I promise <laughs> well yeah my three boys didn't have any choice anyway, so yeah. The, 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 Damn right, Andrew. Damn right, take, bro. I'll just take my belt off, you know, and just, um, you know, wrap it around my hand a couple of times and just, you know, if they ever step out of line, you know what they're going to get. In, in, all fairness, in all fairness, he knows how to wipe me up. He's only 10, but he knows how to get me. He, he knows how to uh, pull the strings and so whatever. He really knows how to wind me up with a football I already. He's only 10. But not, nothing, some of the, you know, something like that would sort out. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's it's just how it is. It's kids being kids. We've had a, another question as well. Just going back to what you said, Ryan, about um, AFTV, and um, it was the Gunners Pub on Twitter said, "Should AFTV be removed from the concourse outside the ground?" Now, I've got nothing against I've got nothing against AFTV. But I think we discussed this on your podcast, actually. Did we, Max? I can't remember. But um, this is an issue with regards to the fan base and everyone being tarnished with the same brush. And I think an awful lot of other fans watch AFTV. And I I, well know that that they do. And um, it just gives us the... everyone, Everyone thinks that we're all like that, basically. And I know that a lot of us are, but... At the same point, a lot of us aren't, and we are a bit more, you know, intelligent about stuff. So, I mean, what, what's your thoughts overall? I mean, I don't think they're doing any harm, basically, uh, personally. What are you guys, what, you know, whoever wants to go first, what are your thoughts on it all? Depends what interview. Depends what interview you're watching. Like, someone like Graham. No, they're good. He's, like, I think he's so intelligent. I love, I, he's yeah, the one. Lee's I, good. Moe's he's good. He's the one person I listen to all the time. I make sure I listen to him. Like tactically, he breaks it down formationally. He breaks it down. Love it. It it just depends who you listen to. And like, unpop- I mean, I don't really listen. To, I don't listen to it anymore. But unpopular opinion. I actually was. I want to say big fan, but I I agree with a lot of what DT said. I think the way he went about it maybe wasn't the right way. The way he engaged fans or 
or trolls on Twitter. I don't agree with, but I think um, when he tries to talk sense and he doesn't like scream and shout and curse, I think he makes good points too. I mean, it just depends, you know, what you know what you want to listen to because there's also like the one or two videos, you know, that you see where, like you were saying, Manny, like I'm sure there's a video that says, "Oh, Freddie out, Martinelli didn't start." I'm you, you have those. That's just it's a blip on the radar. So, boys, you know what the problem is, and and people forget, right, that these the majority of these AFTV lot, they're actual fans who go to games. Now, I'm not making an excuse for them at all, because I think the majority of the things that come out from them is ridiculous, but they are fans who go everywhere and follow this club, right? Now, people say that they've tarnished, you know, the, the, the look of Arsenal, and my answer to that is, you're telling me that what goes on on the pitch is any worse than what goes on with AFTV? Mm. By my understanding, what goes on the pitch has brought more disrepute to Arsenal Football Club than AFTV. If you don't like AFTV, trust me, you don't have to watch it. You can block it. You don't have to follow anything. You don't have to follow anything that they're doing, right? The attention that is being put on AFTV is a deflection from what the shit that is going on at the club. They're looking for somebody to blame. And go ahead, you can blame them if you want to, but Arsenal Football Club are not going to get any great. If Arsenal were great, nobody would care about AFTV existing. But it's the fact that we are terrible right now. The spotlight is being placed on them. And it's not about them. Forget them. The problems that we have with Arsenal Football Club starts at the very top, not AFTV. Forget all of that nonsense. It, like like uh, Fergus, who's put some, you know, from the Guns and Yellow Ribbons podcast. Uh, hi, Fergus. Thanks for watching. He's put, you know, that Robbie does a lot of good stuff. If you don't like it, don't watch it. And basically, it's a free, a free world. And you got it's guys like, like all of our content, Andrew. All of our content. Ask Brothers, Dial Square, Guns and Yellow Ribbons, uh, same old Arsenal podcast. All of us, right? If you don't like our content, don't listen to our content. All of us are essentially attracting a, a, a different fan base or a different element of the fan base or people who are looking for a certain thing. People listen to Ask Brothers. Listen to four degenerates get drunk and talk shit to each other. With a tiny bit of football content in it, I tell you what the, the I tell you what people's issue with AFTV is is it's starting to hit a little bit too close to home for them. Like it's a little yep. bit like it's a little bit like looking in the mirror, and I think some people don't want to admit that that's where a really really large section of our fan base lives in toxicity and in anger and and you know what, mate, they they may be one of the best things. Like you can look at it in two ways. They may be one of the best things to happen to, to being a supporter, because in a lot of ways, AFTV. I mean, Andrew Mangan being the the main carrier for for I guess the podcasting content, but AFTV really, really stood up and said, "Hey, regular people who go to football games and have regular opinions can have as much of an impact or more of an impact than fuckwit pundits who don't know anything they're talking about." Like dumb prick Paul Skulls shooting his mouth off the other week, oh, which God, what a, nearly oh fucking nearly fucking killed me. I almost was wanker, cockhead Tim fucking Sherwood. Why the fuck is oh, Tim Sherwood ever on anything talking about Arsenal? He's such a fuckwit. I know. Where do they drag these people up from? I tell you what, if you gave me the option of switching on and having like, God help us, but having like DT sat on a fucking couch talking about oh, Arsenal, Lord. or having Tim Sherwood sat in the couch talking about Arsenal. Fuck it, I'd probably listen to DT. Maybe he's a cockhead, maybe he's not. He's just a passionate fan. Well, let's, how about this? 
if the players on the pitch were actually doing the business and winning winning every week, you wouldn't get all the ranting on AFTV, would you? Just, just saying. Mm. Well, that, mm. that's the thing. It's the controversial stuff that gets shared the most. You know, it's things that, you know, when you're shouting off and doing what you're doing on AFTV, that's the one that gets shared the most. That's the one that gets listened to the most. And the real good stuff that really is on there doesn't really get, you know, it gets missed. Like with what Ryan was saying with the Graham and sometimes Lee, I think Lee's getting a bit more uh, <clears throat> more noticeable on it now. And there's, you know, I mean, there is other yeah, people on there as well that gets missed. So, Garney, it's just one of them things. It- there's a reason for that, mate. Negativity sells. That's what people want to see, yeah. man. The, the things that it. get shared, the things that get shared, is a reflection of society right now, mate. People, people oh, yeah. want to share negativity. Anything that's positive, awesome. you know. People like, like you say, people like the Grams, people like Lee. Um, there's some other people sometimes that go in there. They talk a lot of sense. They fade into the background because people want to see the crazy ones. They want to see the negativity. That that's people thrive on that. People love oh, it. Yeah. It's, it's really strange. Love it. It's funny you should say yeah, that, though, Manny. Funny you should say that, Manny, because Fergus said I blame Manny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fergus. <laughs> I didn't doubt I go, Manny. I go, I go, I go, I go, 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 AFTV, but he, you know, I mean, I think he forgot that he was actually on AFTV at one point. So he did an interview <laughs> on there. I mean, come on, you exactly. Gotta, come on, mate. Come on, don't criticize him when you were on an interview with them nine months ago. But it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. So clearly, you were happy enough with them to appear on that platform, and now you're criticizing them. It makes Ray Parler look like a hypocrite. And either I love Ray Parler. Either that or he was pissed. Because he's always pissed. Dude, <laughs> yeah. he drinks, you know what? He's in good shape for somebody who drinks a lot, bro. <laughs> I've seen videos of him on train just wasted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, Fergus said, Manny, should I use lube? No, no. Manny, uh, Manny's yeah. marinating. He doesn't, you don't need no lube. He's marinating. He's covered uh, uh, I've, just, I've just told him that, yeah, you should get some of the organic stuff. No nah, man, Ferg- Fergus is loose, bro. He doesn't need any lube. Whack <laughs> it in dry. Yeah, no. You know from experience, Manny, he's loose. Yeah, let's, let's move off this. Let's anyway. Anyway, what, what do you think about tomorrow? He's had a couple of days more now, Freddie, to look at the team and the squad. And let's let's go around just quickly. What do you think that um, he should the changes he should make for for tomorrow? I, I just think that he really really needs to. Just tell the players, literally just go. Obviously, it's an old cliche, but in our case, it could not be more true. Attack is our best form of defence because we ain't got a defence. So we need to keep the ball away from our goal as far as possible and just Mm. utilise our strengths. Simple as for me. So what do you, uh, let's go to you first, uh, Mike, this time, Scanny. What what do you think about the lineup for tomorrow should be? I, I honestly don't think uh, there's going to be much difference to what we saw against Norwich. Uh, I really don't. Um, I think he's going to try and solidify it as much as he can. Uh, maybe just keep to the four-three-three formation. Maybe include Pepe in there instead of having Özil. I don't know. Uh, I just I just don't see there's much difference. I don't think it's going to revert back to the uh, five at the back from what the last manager did. I think he's going to he's going to stick with the four at the back. I think 
with the four at the back, I think you're going to have with uh, bring Tierney in instead of Klasniak. Mm. I don't think he had a bad game against Norwich, but I just think Tierney is a better player mm. overall. Uh, it, it, I really struggle with who we're going to put a centre back because no matter who you put in there, it's going to be weak. What do you think about Mustafi? Fuck Mustafi. Whatever we just need to have, we we desperately need just continuity in everything. And I just think we've got to bite the bullet for the rest of the season and just have uh, Chambers and Holding and and just let them create. I don't understand where this this Arsenal erection for Holding has come from. Like he had a a handful of games last season, he got crocked. He's even he's come back and still not look good. I, I'm certainly not obsessed by him, but I just, I just think that we can't play. I mean, Socrates, you know what I think about Socrates. Mm. He should just go and, and bury his head. But you know, Mustafi, no. I think Freddie played Mustafi because he's a better passer of the ball and a 100%. bit percent Yeah. Um, Louise, no. In fact, I think our best formation probably for the time being will be four, two, three, one. And perhaps if you're going to play Louise, play him in the two. In front of the defence. You know, I didn't hate him. His his performance before he went off with that little rib injury, where he was in the midfield in Emery's last game in charge, I actually thought Luis had been really good. He ran around, he broke it up, his his passing was good. You know, in a a midfield that makes no sense, in, in, in a world where it's impossible for us to put together a midfield that makes sense, and we kind of want to play a back three because... Our centre-backs make more sense in back threes. Holding success was in a back three. Chambers has said that his preferred position is on the right of a back three. Louise is protected in a back three. So let's not play a back three. Let's play a back two and maybe stick David Louise in front in that defensive well, midfield exactly. position and let Holding him, and let him drop best, in. Holding's best games were with the Socrates last season. I can't, I can't, have, I can't mm. have Socrates in the team. I'm sorry. I agree. And he, compared to what he was last season, he's even worse this season. So I agree with Holding. The problem is, I agree with Max there. I don't, I don't understand this erection, <laughs> to quote his words, with, <laughs> with Holding at the minute. We're I, don't, I don't get that. But you've also got to ask he's only had really, well, I think he's only had one game since he came back from injury and he played bad. Just so he needs to be, he needs to be fed back in. Yeah, yeah, what about yeah. the rest of them? The rest of them are playing bad week in, week out. Is he? Where, well, who's taking them out? Mm. We've got we've got so many crap central defenders. Why would you want to play three when you can try and get away with playing two? The less we've got in there, the better because they're Wait, all shit. With your yeah. formation, I'd put that one. I'd start at the back and put one, three, four, yeah. four <laughs> up front. You know, I'll just have yeah. one defender. But I'll I, tell you the change. I'll tell you the change that I want to see, which I don't think will happen, and that's. Aubameyang or Lacazette, oh, definitely. one or the other. That's what I want to see. I'm sick of this. 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 Like, have we not done this to death now? Right, where they everyone said play them play up front together. together. They can't play no. together. They've never played well together. Just because they're mates and they like do they some nice handshake celebration. Yeah, they do some Ashley like Cole, that. Jermaine Pennant three-way double-ended thing together. Right, it does not mean that they are fantastic footballers together. No. Right, one or the other. You well, either Lacazette, play Lacazette and you put wingers outside him, and you say to Lacazette, "Drop off, hold up, up the ball and release," or you put Aubameyang in there and you put actual wingers outside him and you feed him inside the fucking box where he belongs. Yeah, but that's what I hope that we end up seeing. And Lacazette was garbage. He was almost the 
almost the worst player on the pitch against Norwich when the week before he was the man of the match fighting and, and digging people out. So, he can't man, play I, reckon, I, reckon, I reckon you'll either see the same lineup, the, the, the same lineup, give or take. Please, no. I reckon you yeah. may even see the same centre backs because I think that Freddie's looked at it and he said, I want my two best passing centre backs now. I think you'll see Louise and I think you'll see Mustafi together again. I think you'll see Kieran Tierney in the team. Um, I, I've got a funny feeling that that's, that's going to be his midfield. That's going to be what he goes with. He's a huge Joe Willock fan. Um, well, he's brought him the number 23s. Yeah, might be, might, be much of, might be much of the same. But if you take the first 20 minutes of the game and you give them a little bit more time together, and if, I mean, there's a Mustafi header that's cleared off the line, there's a Callum Chambers header, there's Lacazette's fluffed opportunity... You know, you, you you tighten those things up and all of a sudden that Norwich game is, you know, 3-1, 4-2. There's a Mustafi falling over. There's a Mustafi turning <laughs> and he's back on the defender. Oh, no, there's a Jack, you know. there's, there's a Jack swiping like run he was on fucking Tinder, man. Swiping left, right. <laughs> he was just going crazy and he's missing. Come on. It's, it's such a bloody shame that he keeps doing these brain stupid Fucking brain parts because he is actually a really good passer of the ball, Mustafi. He's a good footballer. He's a he good footballer. Play. Same as Davin yeah. Good footballer. He just doesn't like that that Why does he have to do that? And because he, otherwise, he's got all the attributes to be a good player. It just does my head in. It really does. Well, uh, you're forgetting yeah. one. This is the thing. He's got all of the attributes to be a good footballer. He's actually very good at football, per se. Same as David Louise, but the the small percentage of fuck-ups are such catastrophic fuck-ups that it affects the whole team. And, and this kind of happens all over the pitch. This is the Arsenal way, and it has been for years, more than a decade, is to play very good football and look very good and be absolute shite at the same time at some of the basic fundamentals so it's like 95 percent positive and then the five percent that we do wrong we fuck everything up absolutely it's the many heroes center backs that's what it is too many heroes you know many and it's the same game winning tackle and it's the same for so many players we've got Yajakas who does 90 percent of things quite well he's 10 percent a complete shite your david louise absolutely generous. the same your mustafi exactly the same you know these players have catastrophic catastrophic errors in them and that's what's bringing us down Socrates is the worst of the lot correct is he correct no he's the worst he's the worst with the ball at his feet he He makes anyone else I guarantee you he makes more mistakes than anyone else no, no. he's still the best he's still the best he's still the best pure defender that we have as far as as a as a tackling asset He's still yeah. the best pure defender. Yeah. He is such a fucking liability with the ball. 85% of the time he is. Mm. But the rest mm. of the time, he makes the worst decisions or he's just he just goes off on a run because he gets bored. So he decides to just go off trotting off to try and find some fun. Well, now, this, this is... This is my main point. It's about partnerships and teamwork. And that's where mm. that's where Arsenal are so lacking as a defensive unit, as a back four or even as a back two. So your, your central defender and their partnership with the fullback, your central defender and their partnership with the central midfielder in front of it. That's that's we lack cohesion so badly. It's a team of individuals. Up front, we have individual players. The partnership doesn't work. We don't play 
traditional wingers or inside forwards to make it cohesive. We barely have a connecting midfielder. It's everyone's playing for themselves. It's and I think that's the fundamental problem. All of the spacing, all of the positioning, the starting positioning, the chasing of the ball, the overloading going forward. It's the the fundamental problem is in the team is a lack of partnerships and commitment to each other. And just, well, so much down to the fact that we have so many different formations and starting lineups every single week. No, it, it's, yeah. it's not just well, that. It's, it's not help. just. It's no, not no, just no, no, no. Just not just that. that. But it doesn't help, does it? Mm. It doesn't help, but here's the, here's the one thing that you guys have forgotten. We do not have players that are actually clever, that can actually read the game, right? Because it's all well and good being good footballers, but if you don't have it upstairs, you're useless. The last clever defender that we had was Murtasaka. Somebody who can actually yeah. read the game. Somebody who can put himself, somebody who can put himself in the correct positions at the right time. He understood, listen, I'm limited in this area here, but I can read this. I know what's going to happen here. Look at the defenders that we have. None of them can read the game. All of them are liable to make stupid, brain-dead mistakes. So for me personally, you can have all the physical attributes that you want. But if you haven't got it upstairs, you are never going to be a top footballer. 100%. And it is... Damning that, right? In that spine, defenders, that, that defensive midfield area, we do not have players who are smart. We do not have players who can think. We have players who just react and who react badly. 100%. Mm. So this is exactly why we just need to keep the ball as, as far away from our fucking goal as possible. And we have to work to our strengths. And everyone knows our strengths is attack. So but that's why why it hasn't been noticed by, you know, our stupid... Well, I'm not we really have too many one-dimensional defenders. That's just what it comes down to. We've got to just keep, you know, just try and, try and win games. Two, you know, three, two, four, three. Like I said in our WhatsApp group the other day. It, it's, that's the only way we've got, we've got any chance of getting points. We need confidence. Yeah. We need we're confidence. Not, Trust me, we need that one win. Yeah, we're not going to gain confidence and we're not all of a sudden become going to become a mentally durable, emotionally smart, intelligent That's team. It's going to take way too much time. It, it's it's going to take fucking ages to build that because, like, you know, it's very easy to lose confidence. Like confidence is something that takes a really, really, really long time to build. And, and that's why you see these teams who have been together for, for periods of time and they genuinely believe in themselves. They genuinely believe, you know what, we can go out and we can get this done. We can be 2-0 down and we can get this done. There's no belief at this football club. Now, I'll tell you what one of the biggest issues is with this football club, and it, it comes back to the board again. Systematically, in the off-season, this board sold every single pure professional every single leader that oh, not this again. out of the team 100% right and I said this to you last <laughs> night you didn't agree but fuck you I'm going to say it again right. you took you took Kashelny out of the team Manny shut up I know what you're about to say about Kashelny no fuck you. you he was you, never a leader I, you took Kashelny out of the team no 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 you're not going to do that you are not going to do you took you took Mikatarian out of the team all of the, you took Petr Cech out of the team. 
all in one fell swoop. He fucking retired. What the hell are you <laughs> on about? Bro? Every single what the man, fuck are you on about? Every single oh, piece of leadership that was going on behind the scenes. Every single piece of <clears throat> when we went off. What the leadership? Time, regardless of what oh, bullshit, there was no fucking leadership, man. He's what leadership? You think there's that fucking leadership man. now? Do you think there's leadership man, in the club no, now? No, or do you think they removed all? Because now you got fucking Granite Jacker. He's your leader. What the fuck, you got what the fuck are you talking about, man? Nah, what the shit. fuck are you I talking you, about? I wish you were there, hold on. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on, hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. You are trying to tell me, right? And you and you want to put Kashelny in, yep. in, in this leadership group. The yeah, Kashelny who made yeah, who his kids made cry. The Kashelny <laughs> who came out and he wanted his teammates to lose. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Go. Right? Listen to that. Petacek retired. That was his decision, okay, right? Koscielny, Koscielny, Koscielny didn't want to be at the club anymore because he's got some false promise that he was going to get an extra extension or something like that. The club, the, the club never made that promise to him. And even if they did, you should act as a professional, do your job, and then leave as a professional. But Koscielny left as a bitch. Right, the only player, the only player that could act in that, the only player in that list that I can say, you know what, you're right about that, maybe Monreal, because I wanted Monreal to stay, but Koscielny and Czech, use your fucking brain, man. Koscielny didn't want to be here anymore, right? We're Arsenal Football Club. We're not going to be held to ransom by some pussy. If you don't want to be here, if you don't want to represent Arsenal Football Club, get the fuck out. It's that simple. So fuck you and this leadership shit. We haven't had leadership at this club since the Highbury days. So what the fuck you're talking about, bro? <laughs> I yeah, but the experience still went away. Regardless of if yeah. they're, you, regardless man. of if they're good leaders, you've lost experience and professionalism, There's and they different... weren't replaced. Yeah, exactly. Koscielny didn't leave as a yeah, professional. Look, we, we, we didn't get, act as a professional. We we get where you're coming from. No problem. All right. Certain players aren't that great in terms of of their actions, but in terms of some of their role modeling and influence and mentoring on younger players who are shit in this team. They don't have that mentality, the, the minerals to keep going, to dig deep, you know, and in one fell swoop, you've lost seven players of that age demographic of that cohort. So that's what Max is getting at. We're not saying Koscielny was a fantastic captain or leader, but what you're saying is from a board level or from a leadership level, you've gone, all right, fine, fuck off. Seven, seven of our most experienced players who would influence the dressing room on and off the pitch have gone and now you're relying on kids and fuckheads like Granite Jacker to take on that leadership role single-handedly. So I think that's where Max is coming from. Absolutely understand your point, Manny, about the, the characters and of those mine. people that we're alluding to and you, Brother Ryan. Um, but in any case, a team is made up of experience and we are certainly lacking that. Mm. And whether they We're decided to leave the club or not, the club didn't actively replace them with mature age players who were able to come in and who were able to actually bring a group together or to have some. I said this the other day, like you're looking at, at Matteo Genduzzi. Right now, Genduzzi started off this season with two Player of the Month awards from the Ars Brothers, and he's just received Shit Ass of the Month award from us last month. Who's he looking up to? Who's teaching him the right thing to do? Who's saying to him, no, you stay? Who's bollocking him in the change room? Granite fucking Jacker? Because he's too busy pissing about on Twitter fucking crying because some prick told him his, his football was shit.
You know, we go and put Aubameyang as our captain. What? We'll go back and put Podolski as our captain because everyone really fucking liked him. I loved Podolski. Uh-huh. I loved him. Probably I wouldn't make him a fucking captain. You know, I, w- well, I wouldn't make him a captain. You know, that, that's, the, that's the whole preface of this thing. You can sit there and you can say the players were shit. You can sit there and say the players were done. But if you're putting together a, a, a concise idea in any management structure, when you're turning over a team and you're trying to bring in new people and you have a, a, an old set of stalwarts who are there, you turn them over slowly. You say, okay, we're going to drop two out this year. We're going to lose this element of maturity. But we need to make sure that these kids understand where we've come from. Now what do okay, we Max. Now what do we got? We got can, I, can I take the Max? I take that point, right? Can I take that point? And and you mentioned players within that age demographic, right? Now you can point to possibly David Louise. Maybe they looked at Kashoni, okay, you're gone. We're gonna get somebody within that age bracket, David Louise in there. You can look at Socrates, maybe. You can look at Aubameyang, probably. And if you believe what happens at the club, Granit Xhaka is, is this, you know, is this all-seeing and all-knowing leader who leads by example off the pitch. Maybe that's what the club were talking about. But where they messed up is that they got players that do not know how to lead. They got players that make so many mistakes on that pitch that players like Gwendozi, like the Willicks, can't turn to them because you make more mistakes than I do. Mm. The problem that we we have lots of problems, but there isn't a manager right now who can come into this team and actually grab what that and bring it to the fore because I don't even think they know what they're good at. So any manager that's going to come into this situation is going to struggle. This is a badly put together team. So it could be prepared for four or five years where we're going to be in the wilderness because we haven't got a team who know what they are good at. And to expect Freddie to bring it out of them is harsh. Yeah, It's going to I take a the... long time, boys. It's going to take a while, man. Yeah, it's going to take I think four, the big difference is there's a difference between being a role model and being a leader. We have no leaders. Role models, yeah, sure. You could say check all day. You could say I, whatever the fuck you guys are saying. I don't even know. I, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> we don't have any leaders in the field, and that is something we've been lacking for forever. I don't give a fuck if Peter, Peter Check is teaching Reese Nelson how to fish or fly a boat. I don't give a fuck. I want people who are going to lead this team on the field and get in their face and be like, you fucked up, stand up. We don't have that. And uh, I think this could be you know, maybe a hot topic for you, Manny. I don't know. Uh, but there's a big difference between, at least for me, there's a huge difference between being a role model and being a leader. And we don't have leaders. We haven't had leaders since the hybrid days. I c- couldn't agree more. Role models is a completely different thing. And that's where I agree with you, Max. I, I, mean, I think we have had role models to kind of help out. And I do think we kind of need more because Jaka ain't no fucking role model. He's, le- yeah, what it, what's the stat I, I read? Yeah, he's, he leads the league since he came into the league and most um penalties conceded or, or fouls i don't know errors leading errors leading yeah, toward whatever guys are fucking nonsense I, come on like, what, are we, what are we doing here we, come on we need leaders romal's fine cool awesome he's gonna take me out to the to the pitch and you know he's gonna teach me how to kick a ball great but i need someone who's gonna get in my face like you fucked up man up keep your head in the game all this you know the stuff that i think matters for us and getting our mentality back to where it used to be and to making us a more successful club in the future. Sure, but think no. think beyond the obvious. Think beyond the end of your nose. Think bigger picture. You got on-pitch leadership and off-pitch leadership. 
So you're absolutely right. We need more Tony Adams style on-pitch leadership, but you can't say that the off-pitch stuff doesn't make a difference. I mean, I don't no, know. I don't think, I don't think it was even interesting. I don't think I was saying that, but I'll tell you this, man. If you really want this club to and these players to to breed that mentality, you get rid of a lot of the players that 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 are there right now because a lot of them don't have that mentality. A lot of them aren't willing to to put in the hard work and and to grind and to you know go away to matches and to win one nil and win ugly. We don't have those players. So the only way you get Arsenal Football Club back to that space is you get rid of six or seven players. Who have that weak mentality, and you replace it with players who don't well, mind yeah. going to the and, dirt and who don't mind winning games one nil. And shop in a different spot. Shop in a different spot. We we've oh, been oh. shopping at this Waitrose, higher echelon, fair weather players. I'm back to us for, for fucking ages. All right, and maybe we need to be thinking differently. Maybe we're needing to get defenders from the championship, hardened players who have eaten shit for a fucking long time and then sprinkle with a bit of stardust instead of going for small technical players all the time in the Arsenal way over the last 15, 20 years and have that combination of brutality, strength, on-pitch leadership and then some technicality sprinkled through it. And they were being successful days that were based on the core group of hardened professionals, you know, Dad's Army, Back Five, Players like your Ray Parlers, your Petis, your Vieiras, they were hard cunts. And then you had your sprinkling of stardust around it. You know, we've gone all the other way. We've been shopping. You know, you've got your pampered players, your London Colney, all that stuff. Let's go find those players that have eaten shit. You know, someone like, I mean, I'm not using him as a good example. But yeah, but like some asshole like Jamie Vardy, who's eaten shit for his entire career and chases everything like a fucking rabid dog, that's what. That's the type of personality we need. I'd have any of the Sheffield United squad, for example. Yep. They've all yep. got the right attitude, and they play yep. as a team. You, know, you beat me to it, Toby, exactly what I was going to be saying, because we've got to stop this snobbery about what type of player that we buy. And there's going to be so many of these players that, it, that fit the bill perfectly for what we're talking about. You know, in the Championship, for example... And uh, I'd be really happy with, you know, a a player from the championship who has just got the right mentality. Um, Obviously, they're going to be a good player, but all of the championship players are probably good enough to get into our team at the moment. Let's not let's not beat around the bush. You know, there's a problem with that. Mentality goes a long way. Hold on, guys. There's a problem with that. The fans are not going to accept a championship level player. Because the fans have got that level of, you know, Waitrose snobbery that Toby, that you're talking about. So if he's not a player from Spain, France, Germany, imagine us going for a player like Tyrone Mings. What do you think the reaction would have been like? Or even when we were... Lewis Stunk. Or even when we were linked with Ryan Frazier. Did you see the Mm -hmm. damn reaction to that? Oh, why are we going for Ryan Frazier? We can go for somebody so much better. Exactly. (laughs) We we have this the, the fan base has this mentality that oh we did this player is not good enough for us, but then a lot of them accept the Granit Jackers. You, you know what I'm saying? So the fan base themselves aren't willing to accept the player that comes from lower leagues because they think that they're not good enough for us. Yeah, they've got. So, it, it, so why do you care what what the fans? Exactly, think? it doesn't matter. 
that's not the, that's not that's not the point that's not the point the club are doing it the club are doing it no no no. but the club are doing it and the fans are accepting it mm. I don't care. You know what I mean? So, most of we, 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 we it doesn't it. matter. Fans are morons for the most part. They don't. It doesn't matter. But I'm just it's making that an point. IQ test. The club are doing it. The club are doing it. They're not going for players that are hardened. You know, a player from Millwall, maybe. Right? They're not doing it and because they're kind of recruitment. We need better recruiters. I, I, they're not doing it because they're snobs, and the fans that won't accept it because they're snobs too. It, it that's just yeah. Real. It is that privilege attitude, you know. You've you've had all the, mm. you know, we've had the Fabregas's of the and everything, you know, and even the ones before that with the Henrys and everything else. We've had we've had them people that have, you know, have come from, say, Juventus wasn't really doing well, but done really well here. So you you expect that whatever comes in now is maybe they weren't doing well in one league, but you expect them to do well in Arsenal. So it's like that privilege attitude where we should be going out and buying. 70 80 to 100 million pound players when when in reality you don't need to do that you can buy that 9 to 20 million player and he'll do a better job than that 100 million player because he haven't got that privilege attitude mm. mentality goes a long way championship at well, the back I- world class at the front I, I think i think that's i think that's how you put together match winning team i mean even if you look at those old chelsea teams you know Guys like Gary Cahill and and John Terry and guys like that. John Terry's a cunt, but um, <laughs> but you know, I mean, those were like hardened English defenders. And I think even if you look back at when Arsenal was at its top top level, you know, it had Sol Campbell out the back. You know, I, I question about you know everyone's like, oh, Saliba next year, Saliba next year. Saliba feels like a continuation of a narrative that that has been around Arsenal forever. Like no doubt he's going to come in. He's going to be a, a you know a good young player. He'd be a good young player in a partnership. We'll burn with, him out like Nduzi. Yeah, well, he would be a good young player in a partnership with a with a stalwart English like go and double foot someone, push up, yell at everyone. He'd be a great partner for a, a you know not that he he, he wasn't English, but a, you know a per murder I think we all agree was our last time we had a a genuine actual defender, a genuine actual centre back leader. Yeah, yeah. and he made You've got to remind the fans that we got Steve Bold and Lee Dixon from Stoke all those years ago. Mm. You know, we need need players that complement each other. And I'm I'm a big advocate for uh, finding a defence that is absolutely working. You know, even if it's like the, the team from the championship or, you know, another... Yeah, you know, a lower European league or whatever. But if you go out and find and properly uh, scout uh, a team that has got the best defensive record over a, an extended period of time, just fucking buy the whole defense because you yeah. know <laughs> if we have to spend seventy million for Luka Mercado, for example, you know you could probably get three or four players out of the, the the best championship defense for the same price, and if they're used to playing together. And they're, they're well drilled. I don't give a monkey's where the players come from, as long as they've got the right attitude. And I, I was said last season about you know going back to Lewis Dunk. I'd buy Lewis Dunk and Duffy if we fucking could, because they they've been playing together for for years. They know each other inside out, and they are a strong partnership. So mm. we haven't got that continuity of defence. It's all right going out and buying one. Uh, central defender and a, and a right back if they've never played together before then you're starting from scratch anyway so you know a good a good example would be that if you went to like um, a, a top 
um, yeah, international team. Through, and I know this is all pie in the sky, but it's just an example. So even to a top international team that's got an exceptional defensive record, those that the, the back four would technically maybe come from all different clubs. You could buy them. You know, you've researched the background. Uh, getting people that are used to playing together, that goes an awful long way. And that's what I was saying about having a settled defence at Arsenal now. Like when I said earlier about having Chambers and Holding as an example and just sticking with them, giving them, you know, a, a good lengthy run of games because they need to form that partnership and uh, get that relationship going on the pitch. So you're not going to get that without that continuity, are you? Anyway. Well, what about having part... What about, you know, the old adage of having a premiership partnership? an FA Cup partnership, you know, you're one and two and you're three and four, you know, and if your two starts to perform poorly, then your three comes into that, you know, and you and you rotate through. That's what happens when you're picking players based on form. That's 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 the thing that I think has blown Manny away this season the most, is where he looks at it and he says, why haven't these guys been dropped? Like, why why was, when, when you just take Callum Chambers in the first game of the season, how did Callum Chambers ever lose his spot? First game of the season is still the best centre-back performance of the year from Callum Chambers. Now, if you were setting up that that team in, in any other way, I, I tell you what, if he was a striker, Callum Chambers, and he had to come in and scored two goals against Newcastle, there's no way he comes out of the team the next week. But because he's a centre-back and he comes in and essentially does what the, the equivalent of what a striker scoring two goals does, but at the back, and he comes straight out of the team. And then David Luiz comes in, gives away what? What do you give away? Two penalties or three penalties in four weeks? Mm. That, that fucker doesn't get dropped like out of the team. You know, that's 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 the that's the thing that's at the core of the problem here. You know, and the fact that we, we we're not going and we're not entertaining going and looking at buying other types of players. It, it blows me away. The whole Lewis Dunk thing came up the other day. I forgot what podcasts on. These are on Vision or Blogs or one of them. And they were talking about the concept of Lewis Dunk. And they were saying, yeah, but, you know, he's not going to come cheap. He's going to come with his English tax. He might be 30 or 40 million pounds. But he's a pure defender. As in, that's what exactly. he does. He defends. Oh, you say he's that. He's a footballer who might defend if he feels like it. He's being brought in as a defender. Apparently, they... Um... Uh, in their last match, was it, was it Liverpool they just played? I can't remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he, he was, he was play, you know what people go on about David Luiz and being able to ping the 60-yard passes out of defence? Apparently, he was been playing uh, in the space between the midfield and defence. Lewis Dunk stepping out into there and pinging these passes under, the, under Potter, the new manager. Apparently he did that uh, and, and uh, set up a goal in the last match they played, and he's been doing it regularly this season. So he's actually got this range of passing as well, by all accounts. So you wouldn't expect yeah. that, would you? Because he because of the way they were playing under Chris Hughton. So you get a new manager in; he's learning these <laughs> how to play differently. So it just shows you what different coaches can do with players as well. We need to just change a whole recruitment. We. We're, we're too privileged. Like, like you know, like my dad always said, it's not about the size of it. It's about the motion of the ocean. And I think that's how it goes a long way. And we need we to... Have, uh, the, new, the Norwich recruit, um, scout, head scout. What's his name? Webster, is it? Or... They have a lot of young talent. Me and Manny were talking about the other day. Max Aarons looks good. Godfrey looks, you know. I'm not saying, oh, let's sign him. Let's sign him up. But 
the a lot of these like you know newly promoted teams, up and coming championship level teams, they have guys that can play in the in the the top four or can you know. And they're hungry. Yeah, exactly. And they want to prove themselves. They want. They came from like Toby was saying. They came from shit, and they're willing to put their nose to the grind. And then I think that's what you guys are talking about in the the um the hot topic with top four. You know, we we need. We're privileged here. We have players that come through the academy. Um, and you guys brought up Chambers, uh, just guys that have been through shit and are willing to kind of like they know what it's like and they and they want to make a name for themselves. Unlike these players that come out of the U23s. Yeah. It's 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 terrible because out of out of the last like you know four or five guys that came out of the U twenty threes that were like the next big thing, Saka maybe it's I'm still holding on to Saka, but none of them really. Mostly they didn't pan out. They're still young. They could still pan out, but none of them are like doing what we think they should be doing, you know. And we have a lot of guys now in the U twenty threes like John Jules. I'm I can't wait to see him play. I think he's a a guy that tremendous talent, but. What worries me is that um, they need a really, really good coach to to teach them. Exactly, <laughs> and they need a leadership. They need a leadership group. They need a yeah. leadership group in the dressing room when they go in there as well. Yeah. Well, well, well go on, but they did, they did did try to buy leaders, but look who they bought: Lichtsteiner. David Luiz. Lichsteiner may have done a fantastic job back of house. And, maybe and we so. don't know it. From all reports, he but, was amazing. Yeah, the the one, job maybe so. Credit, that's it. <laughs> maybe so, but we're not. Maybe so, but we're not privy to what goes <laughs> on back there. Kind of we're kite. privy to what we see on the pitch. We, we see on the and Lichsteiner was a disaster. A complete disaster. David Luiz is a complete disaster. I wouldn't say he was so, a complete disaster, this, but... On the, pitch, yeah. on, oh, on the pitch, yes. On the pitch, yes. Ryan. But when we got into so, that so they have, they have him, to... he was the first person. Yeah, he wasn't even playing. He was the first person to get in fucking the Spud's face and okay. say, Okay, good, good. That's, yeah, that, that, that's cool and good. That, that's cool. That's we good. We need that, that's though. But Whether you that's like good. it or not, we need that. Listen, listen. That's all well and good, right? <laughs> but the experience that they have brought in through the door has been dog shit. You would want experience to go on that pitch and actually show you how baby to steps, do it. Baby steps, and David Luiz and Lichsteiner never took to that pitch and acted as if they were experienced players. They made mistakes that you would expect from a Guendouzi, from a Willock, from a Saka, from a Martinelli. So it's harder to learn from players like that when they're making more mistakes than the young ones. So it's all when a good one in experience, but you want experience who are going to lead on that pitch by example and by, you know, telling them what to do and off the pitch too with the ones that we're not privy to because the leaders that they that are supposed to be leaders on the pitch make the most mistakes. And that's counterproductive in my opinion. We yeah. I, I agree with that. I agree with Manny there. I can't argue with that because look at the experience we've got in our defence at the minute. Was, who's supposed to be experienced defenders and look at the state of them. We turned Tierney, down Gary. Hay- we turned that. down Gary Cahill. Because yeah, because another David one is going to be experienced. I, I'm glad yep. we turned down Gary Cahill. No, I, and he's I didn't another experienced player who's out of his prime. It's just going to be terrible for us. He's maybe he would have been. Around. Maybe he would have been a, a better option leadership wise. Maybe that was the thinking no. behind it. Maybe, maybe not. He would have been a would have been a stupid. Could he have been? Could he have been a worse defender than David Louise? Possibly. Yes. I mean, I mean, if I, I mean, right now, if I go back to that Gary Cahill signing and I say you can have Gary Cahill or you can have David Louise, um, we could have had Gary Palace Cahill before we come out of Bolton, but we didn't, did we? Crystal Palace have gone fifth. Yeah. yeah. 
They look really solid at the back. So I, I wouldn't say that he'd be any worse than David Luiz. I'd say he would have been a lot better to be fair, because he's a no-nonsense defender. And yep. he would have been able to bring along the young defenders. I know Burnley lost 4-1 last night, but it was against Man City. But what about Tarowski? You know, he's good. You know, yeah, I like, like about him a year or two ago. I think it'd be you great. Know, yeah, exactly. He's, 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 un- one. he's just so unfashionable. It's so unfashionable, Scunny, and that's the issue. Yeah, it's so unfashionable. He got into the million you know, it's... What was that, Andrew? Apparently, he's got a 15 million buyout clause. Well, fucking we paid more than that for Socrates. That's our problem too. Is when we recruit, our defense is so bad that when we recruit defenders, we want defenders that will start now for us. We don't want guys that will come into the team and fight for their spot because our defense is so bad. We need guys that start now. Yeah, I agree, we do, but we need to learn how to like get these guys like Tarkovsky, Dunk, even Duffy, and just buy them, make them work, make them prove themselves, and like slowly integrate them to the team. We have to. We have the mentality of just, hey, our defense is so bad. We need to fix now. Fix now. And but but we don't have the money. So it's like, okay, well, you want to bring in a guy to the team into defense that'll solve our problems now. Well, you have to spend money. So it's one or the other, and we're choosing neither. So we're just stuck with a shitty defense or recruiting eighteen-year-olds who will mm-hmm. be good, maybe. But we don't know. We'll be good maybe in the right partnerships, under the right leadership structures, under the right coaches. Exactly. Which I would argue that we exactly. don't have any of those three things, so we're probably just going to fuck the leader Something's anyway. got to give, but nothing's giving, so our defense will continue to be shit. Just bear yep. this in mind. He's, he's got a buyout clause for 15, 14, 15 million pounds. We pay more than double that for Mustafi. <laughs> fuck Mustafi. Let that Gentlemen. sink in. On, just say. let that sink in. Gentlemen, you're, you're, we're, we're forgetting something else, and I'm and I'm looking at Toby's face, and I know that you're begging to come out with this one, the midfield. Thanks, oh. buddy. Exactly. Oh. Doesn't matter who you purchase. If you have no midfield protection, then you're going to be sliced through. The only way we can recruit from here on in, if we keep playing this way, is to have sprinters and one-on-one defenders. All right. If you're not offering that protection, and I keep coming back to spacing and partnerships from your fullbacks, from your central midfielders, you are not going to have a good defense. And don't forget, everyone, we had an attacking, balls out attacking team under Wenger for fucking 15 years with a high back line, and we got fucked every time. Every time we went up against a big boy. 4-0 4-0 after 20 minutes, 5-0 after one half. So we have to consider this this balance. But if you're not being protected from the midfield, I don't care. It doesn't matter how good you are defensively. We're still going to get eaten alive, you know? So let's change our perspective in terms of, of that. Or if we are going to leave these defenders hanging, because don't forget we've made every centre-back over the last 15 years look like a cunt. <laughs> we, you know, do you remember Per Murdersucker falling over and breaking his ankle? Yeah, because he was so exposed in his first season. Mm. You know, it, this is this is Arsenal. This is the way it's been for so long. That's you know, got so, legs like a flamingo. It, well, it, it didn't help. It didn't help. But <laughs> we have to look at sprint speed, physique, reading of the game, and then actually coaching our team in a defensive structure not to overload so far going forward. So anyway, thank you, Manny, for uh, for reading my uh, itchiness. Do you know yeah, what? you're welcome, mate. 
Thanks, buddy. You know what? We're so used to the midfield being that way that we just completely, you just overlook it. Yeah. You make a good yeah. point there, actually. You really do. Mm. Andrew, Andrew, I've got a good question for you. Right? In, in light of everything that we've, we've kind of spoken about today and looking back at historically where Arsenal came from, like what Toby's been saying with a with being overrun and, and hit From on the Dallas counter. Square. Yeah. yeah, yeah, hit hit on the hit on the counter attack, right? Do you think that the selection of Emery was actually the right type of manager and that Emery just didn't execute the way that we expected him to execute? No. No, I don't think so. Not in a million years. I don't I would so much rather have a manager that had the same kind of ethos uh, as um, the way to play uh, as Wenger did, but had more of an idea about obviously keeping the back doors shut as well. Were um, you a fan who was? Were you a fan who was towards Wenger's the end of Wenger's era? Really, really heavily frustrated with being a top four team, a, a an, an almost Rens team, a team getting busted up on the counter attack, and like Toby said, looking beautiful going forward and and getting hit at the back. Or you know, were you someone who was like, no, I'm I'm quite happy with this because majority of Arsenal fans towards the end of that Wenger era were, were like, something's got to change. Yeah, shoot me in the head. Something's got to change. And, and that's why we went towards a manager that was supposedly going to be more tactically flexible, have more of an eye towards defence. It's almost just like the bias went the wrong way. I'm, ju- I'm just really, I'm just really interested about where you were at the end of Wenger's era. It's, um, I mean, it, it was about five years ago. I think I started thinking we really need to to move on from each other. But I still, I mean, I always wanted the. Because being the age I am, I started supporting Arsenal in 1980. Uh, I was seven years old when I first saw my first match, which is which was the FA Cup final in 1980. And um, I saw I've seen a lot of shit football in my time. And when we got Wenger and he started to implement his style, and I saw the football that I was witnessing on the pitch, I never thought in a million years that I'd see football played by Arsenal the way that I was seeing it. And I, to be fair, I never actually took it for granted either because I knew it wouldn't last forever. So when we were looking for a replacement, a lot, you know, far too late, there's absolutely no, you know, the board by appointing Emery was basically doing the opposite of what we had previously. And that's completely the wrong thing to do. You know, you can't change the style of a team that's had that style for over 20 years and revered the world over. And this is what you created this fan base, this worldwide fan base. Remind yourself. This is why we're the size club that we are, because of the football we were playing on the pitch. That that made us the, the, the modern Arsenal. And that moved us, in, you know, gave us everything that we know now. And so to actually take that away with the appointment of Emery um, and completely try and change the style to the absolute opposite of what we've been used to was completely the wrong thing to do. Now, going back to then, I don't know exactly who would have been the right manager. That's not my, you know, at the end of the day, it's not my job to do that. But they should have found someone that had the same ethos 
but obviously was a bit more flexible tactically as well. You know, so we're not so worried. Tell you who the right manager was. It was Klopp when he was available after the well, FA Cup. Yeah, but that was five years ago. Like I mm. said. Yeah, that that was when that was when we should have pushed the go button and we didn't. Mm. Fucking love Klopp. Well, we could have had Klopp. Mm. We could have had uh, Pep as well. He so was actually actively said that he would have happily come to us at the time, but it's no point. And, it was the point. and now we're not a big club anymore. So though, like that's that's a fantasy now of us shopping in that particular market. <laughs> you know, when those guys were available all at once, your Klops, your um, your Peps, all of that. You know, and, and there were a couple more at that time as well. You know, we couldn't dream of that level of manager now because we've fallen yep. hard. And that, those that comes back to that worldwide business marketability reputation all of that type of thing that's what's suffering at the moment i don't really give a fuck about the plastic fans and you know the millions and millions of supporters all over the world but the the end of the day that's all money that's all reputation and that's why players come to our club and managers for that matter as well so we we've fallen hard we're not shopping at that particular supermarket anymore yeah those big we're managers- at tesco's those big managers, Toby, are like buying pornography off the shelf. You know, where you go in and there's DVDs and books and all the information's on it and it's in HD and it's on your big screen. And and you know what we're doing? We're jerking off to Pornhub on our phone hiding in the toilet. In it's low definition. Who hides the porno store? Nobody. <laughs> Not even the guys I who bought, can afford... I bought, I bought porno out of a porno store. Have you never bought porno out of a porno oh, store? Of course. Really? In a different no, era, Max. When there wasn't in a internet. different era. You don't need yeah. to anymore. No, no, no. When there wasn't internet, Max. Yeah, you probably did when you was a kid and thinking, oh, look, top shelf, I've got to grab some of that. There was no internet. <laughs> I got no, a private tab on my phone for a reason. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> no one phone from a store, man. How old are you? <laughs> yeah. You're really dating yourself. Listen, Burgess has put a question on saying Everton losing 4-2 and in the relegation zone. So Silva will almost certainly be sacked. Does this make our search for a new manager even more desperate? No. 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 If we're worried about what Everton and who they're going to hire, then we are a smaller club than I believed we are becoming. I agree. We cannot agree. Yeah. be looking. We cannot be looking to what Everton are doing as a benchmark to what we should be doing. We have our candidates, so also they say. Then you do the necessary to get the candidates. Don't worry about any other club. All right. If you're looking at Everton, there's a problem. Yeah, yeah I agree, hundred percent. I think the problem is even it just comes down to us too. I think that uh, we have so. Mi- I, I said this in our in our, in our podcast. We have more problems than people think. Uh, we have many holes to I guess, fill or even dig up because I think we have problems that even us, we don't know about, whether it's on the pitch, off the pitch. Um, and I don't think us comparing ourselves to Everton will you know, help us, hurt us. It doesn't matter. We have our own problems. We need to figure out what we need to do. And I don't think we need to worry about what team, other teams are doing. I don't care if it's fucking Everton. I don't care if it's North Syria. I don't give a fuck if it's Liverpool, Man City. don't matter. There's a there's a cancer in our club, and um, we need to we need like a like a 48 hour surgery, which will translate to like three years. So I don't even know. Trade it to a big surgery because there's so many things wrong with this this team and, and this club. Whether it's the hierarchy, the players, the management, it, a lot of things have to change. And it's not going to happen overnight. It's not I, it's not even happening this season. 
and it's it's a shame that you know um the, the fan base isn't patient and the fan base want to fight over uh as much as a mascot not getting a hug uh, oh, that was that was crazy, huh? That was bullshit. Ah, I, don't know if, I know, Andrew. You said you didn't see it because you've been ill, which I hope you're feeling better. But uh, yeah, I kind of got a little. I was a little peeved at the whole situation, uh, to be honest. But nah. it just shows our see, fan base. Did you see uh, Callum Chambers' reply to that? Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah. Ooh, I wish I could have liked it a million times. Yeah, exactly. So that, that mm. it just shows how toxic this fan base really is. Yeah, and, and look, in covering Fergus's question, uh, again, you know, does this make our, our look for a manager more desperate? No, we're, we're not fishing out of the same pond. You know, what Everton have and, and what we have. And even if you go back to the podcast we did with you, Andrew, when we were talking about top four squads, whether or not the squads were, were capable of top four, Ooh. comparatively to the teams that are currently sitting third, fourth, fifth, sixth, we all essentially rounded up the idea that Yes, the Arsenal squad overall was still good enough to get into the top four. Evidence squad is nowhere near good enough to be getting into the top four. So they're you genuinely shopping. Deal? They're genuinely shopping for a Europa League manager, and we're probably shopping for. I would say we're probably shopping for the next big thing, who isn't a big thing yet. I, I think that's probably more likely where we're going to end up. I hope they get Arteta. And then it'll just shut up everyone that wants Arteta in our club. Please. Oh, oh you hope Everton you Please. hope Everton get Arteta. I hope I hope Everton get Ooh, Arteta. Ooh, that's good. Ooh. I like yeah. that. Okay. Please. I just want that I just want Arteta out of our conversation to be perfect. I could not agree more, Andrew. Could not agree more. Thank I you. don't the I don't other think he'd be a bad manager. I just uh, Well no. I don't think I that, that I just going back to what you just said as well, Ryan, about our club has has a cancer and it's got so many problems and problems. I I must be I don't know whether I'm alone, but I don't think that we have that many problems. That a really good coach that is going to get supported, and I'm not talking about hundreds of millions. A, a good coach that can get the best out of players and make best uh, players better than they are. And that doesn't have to be expensive players. And I think uh, once we get about, I'm not being uh, unrealistic when I say we probably need six to eight new new first team players. Mm. But that could be done over two. That's a lot. First team players for a big six. That could be that could be done. Five percent turnaround on on an eleven. That's that's a huge turnaround. That could be done in three windows, though. In fact, I don't think that's a cancer though. Eight six to eight players in our starting eleven. I'm not talking about perhaps starting 11, maybe, but six to eight players that will be in our first team squad. See, that's where I think that's where I think our recruitment is wrong because I think we have a team yep. of squad players and what we haven't gone and purchased is and starting I, I 11 players. Too. Yeah. You know, that that's where, that's where I think we fall down. I, I think that if we were going to go out into the market, I don't want to buy seven. I, I tell you what, right? Yeah, yeah, I tell you what, right now. I tell you what, right now. If someone offered me right now today eighty-five million pounds for Obama Yang, I sell Obama Yang in a heartbeat, right? And people can come at me and I say, "I would what drive him eighty-five million. Yeah. I'll drive eighty-five million. Him. I'd sell him to Real, oh, America, and I'd sit there and I'd say, "Okay, I need with that money. I need to go and get and whatever additional money we have. I need to go and get a defensive leader 
don't care who that is. We've spoken about it, whether that ends up being a, a, a Lewis Dump, but someone who is going to come in and immediately command a starting 11 place and immediately command the general position of our squad. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to get the best fucking central defensive midfielder that I can get who's going to do exactly the job in exactly the system that the manager who we're going to bring in wants to play. Players purchased to suit the style of football that the coach who we're going to bring in is going to play. The thing is, the thing is you don't need to go out and spend absolutely massive on every single position like like City's done. If you, I'm just going to go, let's take Liverpool for example, uh, because of the way they are at the minute. If you look at their back four, they've spent massive, they spent huge on Virgil van Dijk. Robertson cost them 9 million from Hull. Uh, Matty, I think he was about. Well, what, he was 15, on a free. Was he on a freebie or fifteen million? And he was he was garbage. A couple and he was of garbage ago as well. Yeah, you got Joe Gomez. I think he come from their youth, and you got Alexander Arnold. who come from their youth. They hadn't even spent that big on their back four. The only thing, yeah, but you know what they did, Scunny? They bought a general. Yeah, they that's what I mean. General, and then you they built around the general. Yeah. That's, yeah. Point I'm that's, that's my point. That's my point. You don't have there's to spend very big few on players every that can do that, though. I don't think that, you know, I think there's very few players that can come to the team. Like, I was actually kind of surprised Harry Maguire was the captain. I think he was captain for the Europa League match for Man U. You know, I, I, I'm i generally against bringing somebody in and immediately like, oh, okay, he's a leader, he's a captain, give it to him. I, I think I need to go... Uh, Maybe that's part of the problem. I think uh, people you bring into the team, I think they need a year or so to kind of integrate themselves. But then yeah. again, that could be part of the problem. They integrate ourselves to Arsenal culture and our culture is fucking terrible. Our mentality is terrible. So maybe that... Have you taken of... your suicide pill today, Ryan? I know. I got that's why I'm like, fucking I'm hell. Have you... What is in that beer? And is there... Is, can I see a noose behind you hanging in the fucking straight, window? Straight right? G, Max. I'm literally, straight I'm literally burning money. That's what we're doing at the club. You're a proper real scenario, man. Seriously, yeah. I, know, I, I, just, I think I, things, I, things are bad. Am. Things are bad, Ryan. Things are bad, but we're not in the relegation zone. No, we're not. I just, despite our I... team being unbalanced, all of the contracts are pretty much wound up. So we're not in the same position that we we're in prior, where contracts were running to an end and bossmans. So if Lacazette and Obamiang decide they want to go, guess what? We're going to mm-hmm. get money for them. No, we're going to get money for them. Right? Yeah. Everyone's round up. All the kids are on long-term contracts. Everything's essentially peachy. What Arsenal is right now is it, it is a club that is ready for the right person to come in and take us to the next level. I'm not I'm not really saying that I think that the club is fucked from the ground up. I'm saying that my fear is that I don't know whether our board is going to put the right people in place and then back them effectively to be able to get the best out of this bunch. I still said at the start of the season that on paper and on talent alone, this squad was the third best squad. We came out of the transfer window at the end of the season. And yes, it was a little bit of hand jobs and secret whispers, but, you know, Pepe, 70 million pound, we got ourselves a winger. Saliba, we got ourselves a centre-back. At that stage, we were still of the opinion that we had Torreira, who was going to be this this answer at being the, the, the defensive midfield. I've made my sentiments clear. I'm, I'm not the hugest Torreira fan. But looking at it on paper, there's not that much wrong. The age demographic is low. We're very biased towards strikers up top. And we're a little bit of a basket case at the moment, but with reason, right? When you back someone and you bring someone in and they fail, and I've been in this position in my in my professional life where I've been scouted, hired, put into a position. I've been the wrong fit, wrong fit for the role. 
And despite the fact that my resume is absolutely stacked with success, stacked with success, I still came into the role and failed dismally. Absolutely dismally through no fault of my own because the culture was wrong around me. I couldn't implement the change that I needed. The people who were above me wouldn't allow me to actually make the change that I needed to make. So if you then go put that concept into something else, you know, is the club in, in that much as dire as what you think it is? Or is the club currently just a fucking a speeding bus without a driver? I just think we need Keanu Reeves to jump on it and get rid of the bomb. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I, do I really sound that negative. I'm not. I'm really not that negative. I just no. You whole, do today, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, you are. You are. Okay. Okay. Well, what I'm, gonna, what I'm gonna say then is the only thing that I'm. It's not. I, I think it's just an opinion. It's a personal preference. I don't. You know, playing football since I was like three years old. I've never been. I've always been under the impression like you bring somebody into the team, you bring someone new into the fold. They kind of, kind of, almost like go through the growing pains. They have to kind of be. Um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Uh, what's the thing? And you go to the, you go to the fraternity, you get like um, hazed. Like you got you need you go through some hazing. You got to kind of like assert yourself as a brother of of the team, and to just come into the team and immediately be a captain and be a leader. I just I don't know. I just I never I never was big on that. And uh, I think you can buy. I think you can buy leaders if you if you if you're clearly, clearly. yeah, a leader. I'm not that negative. I promise. <laughs> I, I agree with you, Andrew. I agree with you. Kieran, Kieran Tierney, I think, is arguably the the best signing of the year for us. We were saying on the podcast. 100%. We were saying on the podcast last night. Probably the best signing of the modern era has been Burnt Leno. Completely under the radar, world class keeper, right age demographic. Really, other than a, a couple of flappy moments, uh, hasn't set a foot wrong. So there has been some purchases that we've made. Even if you look at the the thinking behind the Terrera purchase, you know, that was a purchase at least towards the right direction. We went and bought someone who was young in a position that we required, who'd come off a successful period at a club and who, who then went into a successful period in a, a, a European championship. So look, there's there's there are critical things that need to happen at Arsenal. Absolutely critical things that need to happen at Arsenal over the next I'd say year, definitely over the next season. Critical things that have to happen at Arsenal over the next five weeks if we're going to be bringing a manager. Where you will be right, Ryan, and where it will be a shit show is if we bring the wrong person in again because we're not going to recover twice. We've maybe got one go at being able to recover this and maybe the first manager was a ferryman. Maybe the first manager in was someone who was just meant to take us from where we were with Wenger into a into a new land, but the guy who's got to got to show us now that this decision is the most important decision. I would say in oh my in god, May- Max, shut the fuck up! <laughs> god <laughs> damn, you talk a lot, bro. Shut up, Jesus Christ! All right, can we wrap this up <laughs> for real? Can we wrap this up? One thing, the one thing yeah. I will say though, and I'm no yeah, Ryan, I'm shut up, to, no. It's not going to be a, a cancer, as I said. I think if we bring in the right guy that could do the right things, I agree. I think we could definitely get rid of a lot of our problems. But the thing is, I just knowing this team, knowing this club, I just, I, I just see like, like, uh, I don't even know who said it, but I, we're going to bring in another yes, man, another yes, man. That's going to do the job and, upset some fans 
make fans happy. We we need somebody. And it's funny because Andrew uh, DM me on Twitter and was talking about you know give, uh, bring up your favorite tweets, wh- what you like. And the first thing that I thought of, which is like my summary as an Arsenal fan, is a lot of people whenever he got fired, not like oh like let's get this team rolling, let's do this, let's do this thing. I saw a lot of tweets that said uh, Ozil won. And uh, as a person who used to be a big, a big fan of Ozil, uh, I was actually pretty, uh, I was pretty pissed off. Um, we're trying to make teams for the better, and we're trying to do the thing. And the first thing that people tweet at is uh, Ozil won. I'm like, we need to unite this fan base. Uh, this guy. I'd like to be wishful and think that there's somebody that could bring us together. There's a manager that could that could do the job for us. I don't know who that's going to be. We'll see. But uh, I think I'm more. I I really think I'm less. I know you guys see. I'm like so. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. You think I'm so negative, but I'm really not. I'm more. I'm more negative about this about this fan base because they really get me. They wind me up. And I know Manny. Surprisingly, the voice of reason tells me to stay off social media and not engage in certain certain people, which will remain. Oh, go, go. Uh, Ryan, hold on. So, um, so you listen to me, right? Do, so just, do you listen to me? I'm listening, man. Do you listen? Do you, do you listen? No, I'm saying, do you listen to me? Put a fucking cork in it, man. Let's wrap this shit up. All right, <laughs> let's wrap this shit up. Put a fucking cork in it, bro. Let's wrap this shit up, man. All right, we've we've Jesus hijacked Christ. your podcast, Andrew. Oh well, that's what that was the whole point, wasn't it? Really, that was the whole point. We've had a good discussion. Listen, I there's no no way of knowing that we're going to get the right guy. We we'll probably end up getting the wrong guy. But who's to say that Freddie isn't the right guy because he's only had one fucking game? So yeah. let's give him a chance. Because if if we have to wait until summer to get the right person in, so be it. Let's just just try and enjoy the rest of the season with some a bit more attacking football. And if if we end up having a few of those five all games that we had against Liverpool, I'd be happy because it's been a that'd be a big step forward from Emery Ball for, that we've had for the last eighteen months. So let's just see what happens. But quickly then before we go, because I know that um, I think Manny needs to go clearly, but I do <laughs> I, I, I do actually as well. So. Let's just have a quick quick round. Are we going to win tomorrow? Uh, you first, Gunny. Yeah, 2-1. I think so. That's what I would say as well. What about you, Max? Yeah, 1-0 to the Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Clean sheet. I think we'll win, but there's no way we'll keep a clean sheet. No. no Zero chance. No, I think so. I think that's, the, that's right as well. What about you, Ryan? Just one word, please. <laughs> I think Ryan. I think Ryan said so. Oh shit! You guys talking to me? I see everyone yeah. looking. Yeah. Ah. Oh. yeah. I heard Scorpion. I know my sounds like really bad. I'm trying to like figure this out right now. Um, prediction for the Brighton game tomorrow. That's a good question. Where will we win? Two one to the Arsenal. What about you, Manny? Yeah, no, we're going to lose. Scrape it. Yeah, no, two one. Scrape it. Two one. Fair play. I think that's uh, pretty much all of, well, most of us think 2-1 then. That's good. Well, let's hope so. Well, thanks very much for joining us. Anyone, everyone as well. So, hope to have you all on again. That'd be, I think that's, I've really enjoyed it, believe it or not, because I haven't had to do a lot of talking and I've got a really sore throat. So, that suited me down to the ground. <laughs> Don't <laughs> need to much. with us a lot. 
No, exactly. Exactly. But thanks very much for coming on, guys. And uh, if anyone watching or anyone listening to this uh, after the event, please like, subscribe and share with your friends. That'd be really, really appreciated. And how can everyone get get hold of you guys as well? Uh, Instagram and Facebook, guys. We are at us bros rent and uh we're on all regular platforms soundcloud acast itunes spotify if you really just want to hear four degenerates stand around and shout at each other then uh then tune into us brothers because what you've heard today is essentially what we do every single week i really recommend it i really recommend uh, it. i really enjoy it and mike scunny mike you're a podcast whore i think you're on a few different uh, platforms. i'm not as i'm not as a whore as most some uh, one person we, we know but <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, this is my third one this week so i'm getting there yeah. Scunny, uh, yeah, if podcast? anyone wants to get hold of me that's my twitter handle more than welcome to add me as a friend and you may like some of the stuff i share you may not like it for those that are listening on all the controversy and having a debate for those listening on the podcast version, what's that handle? I haven't got my glasses on, Scunny. It's uh, at Mike Scunny with a capital M and a capital, capital S on Twitter. Fantastic. Right, well, thanks very much for listening. And I hope to speak to you all again very, very soon. Cheers for everyone for coming on. Take care, you all. Fingers crossed for tomorrow as well. <laughs> bye. Are you going to say bye? I, what, I've How said bye. Fucking hell. Goodbye. Thank you. Yeah, Manny. Why aren't you, wa- why aren't you waving, Thank man? you, Andrew. Cheers, Go mate. fuck yourself. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>